Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Debate in the Hawkeye State. Good morning. I'm Mike Gavin. In for Gordon Deal along with Nicole Murray. It's Thursday, January 11th, 2024, and here's what we have for you this hour. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis traded jabs at a debate in Iowa just days before the first votes are cast. Meanwhile, Chris Christie announced he is dropping out. Tragedy on a ski slope in California where an avalanche kills one person and injures several others. Hunter Biden shows up unexpectedly at his contempt hearing in Congress, sending the proceedings into chaos. And why you should book your flights for this year sooner rather than later. A lot of the time, the lowest prices of the whole year are posted in January, kind of right after the holidays. It's a really good time to buy tickets, not just for travel this month, But if you start thinking about your trips for the rest of 2024, now can be a really good time to find good deals on airfare. Zach Wichter of USA Today with tips on how and when to score the best travel deals later in the hour. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis came out sniping at one another in their first one-on-one matchup at CNN's debate stage in Des Moines, Iowa, while former President Trump counter-programmed with a Fox News town hall in the same city. The Iowa caucuses, the first primary votes in the 2024 election cycle, are just four days away. The candidates sparred over immigration, taxes, Israel, Social Security, and more, taking aim at each other while largely avoiding criticizing Trump, though Haley did bash the former president for insisting that the 2020 election was stolen. That election, Trump lost it. Biden won that election. And the idea that he's gone and carried this out forever to the point that he's going to continue to say these things to scare the American people are wrong. And the two sparred over how DeSantis has spent his campaign funds. If leadership's about getting things done, how did you blow through $150 million in your campaign and you were down in the polls? So here, here's you are I not think a manager. No, now I'm going to say. I think it's very instructive no, about what the economy Haley sees the world. Both DeSantis and Haley continued to lag behind Trump, the clear frontrunner in the race. DeSantis is hoping that the better-than-expected second-place finish in Iowa will keep his campaign afloat, while Haley has largely staked her candidacy on New Hampshire, while some polls have shown her closing the gap with Trump. Meanwhile, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie dropped out of the race for the White House, potentially giving a boost to both Haley and DeSantis. An avalanche roared through a section of expert trails at a California ski resort near Lake Tahoe yesterday, sweeping up four people and killing one as a major storm with snow and gusty winds moved into the region. The avalanche occurred about 9.30 a.m. and prompted Palisades Tahoe to close as search crews combed the area under the K-22 lift, which 30 minutes earlier had opened for the first time this season. It serves black diamond runs for skilled skiers and snowboarders. Michael Gross with the resort said ski patrol teams had been on the mountain since Sunday, working to mitigate the danger for skiers. In the past few days, they've been up there uh, doing control work, evaluating weather conditions, um, setting up all the safety markings, hazard markings, etc., to get it prepared. The Pacer County Sheriff's Office identified the person killed as 66-year-old Kenneth Kidd, a resident of nearby Truckee and Point Reyes. One person suffered a lower leg injury and two others were treated for unspecified injuries and released. This resort guest was about to hit the slopes when tragedy struck. We were going up into the lift line and then somebody yelled avalanche and then they said we're shutting down right now, you know, and we were just looking around going, what the heck happened? Palisade, which was the site for the 1960 Winter Olympics, is on the western side of Lake Tahoe, about 40 miles from Reno, Nevada. Winds at the top of Palisades Resort were gusting between 31 and 38 miles per hour at the time of the avalanche. 
Two congressional committees voted Wednesday to formally recommend that the full House hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress for defying a subpoena in the Republican impeachment inquiry into his father. In separate votes, both GOP-led panels voted along party lines in favor of advancing the resolution. This hours after the president's son made a surprise visit to attend the committee meetings in person. Biden is at odds with GOP lawmakers over their demand that he be deposed behind closed doors. Biden, facing two separate indictments, has said he would testify publicly and offer Republicans have refused, continuing to insist that the interview be held privately. Oversight Committee member Republican Nancy Mace of South Carolina accused Biden of being scared to testify. Hunter Biden, you were too afraid to show up for a deposition and you still can't today. While he was defended by a Democrat on the committee, Jared Moskowitz. I'm listening to the gentlelady from South Carolina about the witness being afraid to come in front of the committee. It's interesting. He's here. He doesn't seem to be too afraid. The committee committee's votes were held a day before Hunter Biden is due to plead not guilty at his first appearance in court on tax charges in Los Angeles and are the latest in an escalating back and forth between the president's son and House Republicans. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's Dell.com slash welcome to now. Gordon Deal's off. I'm Mike Gavin. Thanks for coming by on this Thursday. Well, there's lots to do in Congress this year, including hammering out the federal budget. More now from our own Gordon Deal. We're speaking with Congressman Dusty Johnson, Republican from South Dakota. Start with uh, this budget proposal that at least the negotiators have agreed to. How do you see this? Do you like it or not? Oh, it's not a perfect deal, that's for sure, but uh, it's been a long time since we have been able to reduce non-defense, non-VA spending. And in those buckets, the big discretionary bucket, we're going to be spending less money uh, next year than we spent last year. That's pretty important incremental progress. Of course, we are spending more on defense because we're in challenging times. Uh, lots of uncertainty globally, but at least we're finally starting to move the non-defense bucket in the right direction. At some point, will Medicare and Social Security be tweaked so that they're in better shape and I guess perhaps that the budget itself is in better shape? People who aren't willing to protect these programs, I just, I'm befuddled uh, by their approach. Both these programs go insolvent within the next 10 years. So inaction guarantees insolvency. Uh, to be clear, I'm not talking about tweaking uh, benefits for anybody who's on those programs now. Like, we've made commitments to the boomers. Uh, let's own up to them. But for people my age, I'm 47 and younger, I just think we need to acknowledge we're going to live 20 years longer than our grandparents. And I'm not offended by the idea that we could add 12 or 18 months uh, you know, of, of more working time so that we could get 18 more years of retirement. Um, no, you've got to have a bipartisan agreement to do that, uh, right? Republicans have never in the history of our country had 60 votes in the Senate. So at some point, you've got to have some give and take. But we've done this before. Back in 83, Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan uh, cut an important bipartisan deal to increase the retirement age for Social Security from 65 to 67. It took like 30 years to phase in, and I think we can do something like that again. Speaking of funding, uh, is there room to help Ukraine and or Israel? 
I, I think there is strong bipartisan interest in doing some sort of a national security package, but Joe Biden's got to understand that's not going to happen unless we take uh, a, a national security package is not going to get passed unless we focus on our own national security first, and that's a southern border. We've got 2.8 million people in the last two years that have crossed illegally. Uh, it's like an 80-20 issue. You've got Democratic mayors, Democratic governors, Democratic members of Congress who are telling the administration that uh, they're all wet on this deal, that their approach is just not working. And, yeah, listen, if we can get the president to do the right thing on the southern border, then uh, focusing on other countries' security is going to get a lot easier. You uh, had a, tw- a, tw- I say a tweet. You had a post on X uh, January 9 where you said that the crisis at the border seems uncontrollable. Uh, 302,000 migrant encounters attest to that. President Biden must secure the border. Your critics came along and said, hey, you're a legislator. You do something. Uh, I mean, they need to read the Constitution. Like, Congress can't pass bills without the president's signature, notwithstanding a veto override, of course. Uh, I mean, well, you got to have 60 votes to make policy. I mean, it's going to take two parties to get this done. And, uh, you know, I would say to the people who were, uh, yeah, apparently didn't do their homework, Listen, House Republicans passed out H.R. 2. We passed the most comprehensive, serious policy proposals to secure the border that's ever come out of the House. I voted for it. I was a champion for it. And then later on, uh, I was the author of a stopgap funding measure that would have put into place uh, the important pieces of H.R. 2 so that we could get the border secure. The problem is... I don't get to wave. I mean, my, my vote alone does not make something policy. We've got to get Joe Biden to get his head in the game. Uh, listen, this is a bipartisan deal. Let's go get it done. Republican Congressman Dusty Johnson from South Dakota speaking with our own Gordon Deal. 20 minutes now after the hour, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis clashed yesterday evening in Iowa at their first one-on-one debate of the 2024 Republican primary. Both candidates engaged in fiery exchanges covering topics including foreign policy, abortion, and Social Security benefits. The two exchanged a lot of sharp jabs. Haley accused DeSantis of mismanaging his campaign. He has blown through $150 million. I don't even know how you do that. Through his campaign, he has nothing to show for it. He spent more money on private planes than he has on commercials trying to get Iowans to vote for him. If you can't manage a campaign, how are you going to manage a country? Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump attended a calmer town hall event where he revealed he already decided who his 2024 vice president pick will be but he did not reveal who it is. Number two. The U.N. Security Council has called for an immediate end to Houthi rebel attacks on shipping in the Red Sea. The Security Council has also called for the release of the Galaxy Leader, a Japanese-operated vessel the group hijacked in November. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. The goal here isn't to contain the Houthis, just to be clear. We don't want to see these attacks on commercial shipping, and we're going to do what we have to do to counter and defend against those attacks. Houthi rebels launched their most aggressive attack on commercial vessels in the Red Sea earlier this week, where U.S. and U.K. naval forces disengaged over 20 drones and missiles and killed 10 militants. Number three. One person has been killed and two others injured in an avalanche at the Palisades Tahoe Resort in California. Authorities have identified the victim as 66-year-old Kenneth Kidd. Michael Gross with the resort says Ski Patrol is working to reduce dangers for skiers. We'll evaluate the conditions and based on our expertise and our experience and the history, um, if we deem conditions safe, then we will open them. 
Selena Gomez says she is going on another social media break and experts say more people should follow suit. Unplugging from social media accounts, even just for one week, can significantly reduce anxiety and depression, improve quality of sleep and result in a positive change of mood. So could you do that? Could you unplug from social media for a week or two weeks or a month? I've done it. I also do a few hours a day where my phone sits on the other side of the room so that... I don't have the habit of just always picking up because I can't. I think that's a good idea. I don't know how these celebrities do it with the amount of stuff they have to take on social media, the amount of the wave of nonsense that comes at them all day long. It's crazy. It's draining. Yeah, for sure. Thanks very much, Nicole. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, they provide real-time product availability online and have sourcing specialists who can help you track down hard-to-find items. And their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If travel is in your 2024 plans, you might want to book early and often if you want the best deals. So says Zach Wichter, travel columnist for USA Today, who joins us now. Zach, you say right now is a great time to book your next trip. Explain why. So, you know, after the holidays, very few people are immediately going into thinking about what their next trip is going to be, whether it's a couple weeks from now or a couple months from now. And as a result of that, there isn't a lot of demand or there's relatively low demand on the airlines. And so a lot of the time, the lowest prices of the whole year are posted in January, kind of right after the holidays. It's a really good time to buy tickets, not just for travel this month, but if you start thinking about your trips for the rest of 2024, now can be a really good time to find good deals on airfare. So how long will this last, and then when will it be this cheap again? Yeah, so now, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a little unpredictable. It does kind of typically start to pick up again in February. Obviously, airline pricing is pretty dynamic, so you can't kind of pinpoint a specific date when the prices are going to start going up. Um, however, the trend is typically that January, again, is among the best times of the year to book travel for the whole year. Uh, and then we probably won't see good deals like this on airfare again until the shoulder season, like September, October kind of time. Uh, you know, the, it, it's, they typically coincide with those times of year that are less popular for travel. And so if you're traveling in those times, the airfare will be good. But also if you're booking in those times for other parts of the year, you can often find good deals. And domestic flights are a better deal than international flights this time of year? Yeah, I mean, that's typically always the case. Domestic travel just tends to be a little less expensive than international travel for a whole variety of reasons. Um, But kind of across the board now is a pretty good time to book. We're speaking with Zach Wichter, travel columnist for USA Today. His story, book your 2024 flights now if you want to snag a deal. So what's the best way to find a deal on flights? Um, it kind of depends what you're looking for, I guess. There are lots of tools online, different booking sites. You know, the data that I used writing that article came from Hopper. I often use Google Flights to search uh, by price. There are lots of different ways, um, you know, kind of pick your preferred platform and go from there. But also it's a good idea to remain flexible. If you have an opportunity to travel or fly on a Tuesday or a Wednesday versus needing to fly on a Friday or a Saturday, you're likely going to find better deals. So the more flexibility you have in your own plans, 
will kind of unlock the opportunity to shop by price a little bit more. This is a little bit off topic, but as of now, what does 2024 look like compared to last year in terms of the cost of booking a flight? Yeah, so it does seem like 2024 prices are, um, you know, a little bit lower. We're seeing airlines are able to add a bit more capacity as the COVID recovery continues. Um, And so right now, the trend is definitely favorable for travelers. But again, airline pricing is pretty dynamic. So it can be hard to say how long that trend is going to last or what's going to happen going forward. All right, thanks, Zach. Zach Wichter, travel columnist for USA Today. We're coming up on 30 minutes after the hour now. You're listening to This Morning, America's First News. If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event you call 911, UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your home phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setup is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit UMA.com slash Gordon Deal today to get a special discount. That's O-O-M-A dot com slash Gordon Deal. So if you weren't listening to the show during the week between Christmas and New Year's, uh, I don't blame you. Hope you had a happy and healthy holiday season and got to sleep in. But uh, I was sitting here uh, in Gordon's chair, and we had Dom Savino sitting in my chair doing the mic drop, and happy we can continue that now into the new year. Good morning, Dom. Good morning, Mike. Happy to as well. And happy to provide our listeners a lesson in what can happen when you assume. It comes from a TikTok video posted by a woman named Tamara of a DoorDash delivery to her house in Maryland. It starts like any other drop-off. The driver rings the doorbell and waits to hand the hungry homeowner their food from Popeyes. But as the exchange goes down, Tamara hands the driver a cash tip. That's generous. And that's where things get weird. Because the driver says no, keep your cash. And it wasn't out of the goodness of the driver's heart. After an awkward back and forth, the DoorDasher finally reveals she hadn't seen a tip in the app, so she left a note inside the bag. The note read, quote, Lucky for you, I didn't bother the food, but next time consider tipping your driver. Yikes. The exchange was so awkward, even DoorDash itself chimed in, commenting, quote, Regardless of the tip, they shouldn't have left any type of rude note at all, period. Tamara, the homeowner, says she likes to wait for her food to arrive before tipping. She hopes the driver learned not to jump to conclusions. Yeah, there's certainly no excuse for for leaving the angry note inside the food, but you have to wonder, I guess, how often the DoorDash drivers actually get cash tips these days, right? Fair. I think they just assume that if it's not on the app, they're just not getting a tip. And I remember when I, you know, when I was younger and the pizza delivery person would come, we'd always give them a cash tip back in those days. But who knows? Delivery drivers now probably aren't ever expecting to get a cash tip. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the question I have have too is why would the DoorDasher accept the the delivery if there was no tip because I believe you can see that before you accept it yeah 
Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's 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 tough out there uh, for sure. I guess you got to accept all the deliveries you can. Maybe, again, I so said maybe hoping for a cash tip, but then in this case, she basically just shot herself in the foot right. <laughs> by uh, you know by writing this this note. And then you know I I guess I appreciate the fact that she didn't didn't want to take the tip after the note was left in the bag. She didn't take the cash and run and right. then have the you know, have the person the homeowner look inside at the at the note. So I guess I give her some credit for honesty there. Right? Yeah, true. That's fair. That's a good point. And we are exactly one month away from Super Bowl 58, and with watch party preparations already underway, here's an idea for those looking to take their Super Bowl bash up a notch. An online sportsbook has launched a new service allowing fans of Kansas City tight end Travis Kelsey to hire a lookalike to visit their Super Bowl parties. Yeah, the spitting image of Taylor Swift's six foot six boyfriend will swing by your celebration to take pictures and answer any football questions you might have. Best of all, the sports book says the clones will also dance the night away in true Kelsey fashion. <laughs> Booking the knockoff Kelsey will cost you fifteen hundred dollars. Wow. No word yet on possible buy one, get one deals to book the more popular half of the Swift-Kelsey mania. Yeah, I would think if they had Swift lookalikes, obviously, to go along with the Kelsey lookalikes, you know, except they could at least double, maybe triple their right. money uh, on something like that. But, you know, the casting session, especially for the, tr- the Kelsey people, seems like a difficult one. you got to find <laughs> super tall people who, you know, look like Travis Kelsey. Those people aren't just walking down the street. That's tr- I, I'm very curious to know what the casting call for that is like. Yeah, I would agree. That's going to be a tough one. Do you have to match Travis Kelsey? Kelsey's uh, sense of humor too, like some of the tweets we saw from him earlier yeah. back, you know, ten years ago when he was in college, where he seems like a jock goofball. I, yeah. I don't know. I think these guys are going to have to get a significant cut of that fifteen hundred bucks <laughs> for all the work they're going to have to do. I would agree. Thanks, Dom. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business evolving your passions we push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now that's dell.com slash welcome to now Gordon's off. I'm Mike Gavin. It's not too late to add one more New Year's resolution to the pile. It's a great time to make your passwords more secure. This advice comes from the Wall Street Journal. Step one, set up a password manager so you don't have to remember all those passwords. The app will do it for you, but it will take some time to initially set up. Change your reused and compromised passwords since using the same password over and over again means a data breach on one exposes you on all the rest. Add two-factor authentication with the journal likens to a deadbolt on your front door. And step four, secure your devices by making making sure the passcode on your phones and tablets is extra hard to crack. It's about eight minutes now in front of the hour. Here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie has dropped out of the 2024 presidential race. Chrissy... Christie was caught on mic saying South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is going to get smoked in the upcoming election just minutes before the announcement. The former governor did confirm this won't be the last we hear from him. Even though I'm suspending this campaign, I am not going away. And my voice is not going away. And I'm going to continue to say all the things that I've said and whatever platforms are permitted to me. Christie also issued a severe warning about former President Donald Trump and his impact on the nation. Number two. The first impeachment hearing into Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has been held for his handling of the migrant situation at the U.S.-Mexico border. Republican House Homeland Security Chairman Mark Green during his opening remarks. I wish our southwest border was secure. 
I wish that our government was enforcing the laws passed by the Congress and doing its job to keep the American people safe. Unfortunately, Secretary Mayorkas has done none of these things. House Republicans argue that Mayorkas deliberately allowed the crisis at the southern border and neglected to uphold laws passed by Congress. Democrats maintain that Republicans were unfairly targeting Mr. Mayorkas for simply carrying out Mr. Biden's policies. Number three. The United Nations top court begins legal arguments today in a case filed by South Africa accusing Israel of genocide in its Gaza war. Israel rejects the allegation. British surgeon Dr. Nick Menard tells ABC News this call to duty has been the worst he's seen in his entire career. I did spend some time in the ER uh, when, when there wasn't anyone to operate on, and some of the burn injuries we were seeing, particularly in small children, were indescribably awful. South Africa is asking the International Court of Justice to order an immediate suspension of Israel's military offense in the Gaza Strip. A Wall Street Journal reporter reveals he has quite the commute from his Ohio apartment to a corporate office in New York. But believe it or not, the super commuter says between lower rent costs, credit card bonuses and airline frequent flyer miles, it has been worth it. We know this guy, a chip cutter. He's a friend of the show. And he says it takes him about three hours door to door if everything goes well from Ohio to New York. But that just seems like a nightmare to me and just, a, just potentially crazy problems there. I have a 50 minute commute and I'm struggling. I could not. <laughs> I could not. I would be the crankiest human of all time. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat with you. Thanks, Nicole. Seems we've had a lot of great dog stories lately. And we love a good hero dog story. That's what Philadelphia residents are saying about a clever canine with a heck of a nose. This story goes back to December, just before Christmas, when a potentially disaster disastrous gas leak was detected underground by Kobe, a four-year-old husky. Kobe's owner, Chanel Bell, had recently moved into her home and noticed Kobe digging in the same spot in the yard hour after hour. Chanel had had a gas leak in the house earlier in December, and seeing that the hole went under the sidewalk, she trusted her intuition to take out her gas detection device. Immediately, the reading detected gas, not just gas, but a potentially cataclysmic amount of gas. Chanel alerted authorities who informed her that if Kobe hadn't detected the leak when he did, the consequences could have been fatal. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Dom Savino, I'm Mike Gavin. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.